Welcome to the Perfect Blend Podcast. My name is Sarah. And my name is Chanel. We'll be serving you the perfect blend of beauty, skincare, overall wellness ideas, and discussion. We'll just sit back, relax, and talk shit about life, just like girlfriends should. Now let's get back to it. You know, sometimes people get kind of talkative and they're like telling you more stuff than you need to know or that you care that you care to know totally. that's how that went and you know you try to rush them off the phone but then you're also like I shouldn't be rushing you off the phone it's my job to listen to you talk about these things mm-hmm. it's hard to balance that yes it really is it really especially is too, because- I find, and I'm sure you find this like more so now you know that like especially because we're in quarantine people are even chattier on the phone yes they're like excited to talk yes. to people. <laughs> they're like oh my gosh like another person yeah. let me tell them my whole life story stuff that doesn't have to do with what I'm helping them for uh, with they want to talk about and in excess as well like more you know, than they need to but you know what it is most often it's like they don't have someone to talk to most most of the time like sometimes it's like an right. old person and they're like literally the only conversation I've had today is with you and I just right. want to let you know how I feel and I feel like um so when me and Chanel used to work at Bel Air Direct like I felt that way with a lot of cu- like customers that used to call in they would be like talking to me and I'd be like you know what like tell me about your day like I felt so bad because I was like imagine this was like your parents do you know what I mean? I think about like, That's these, true. like, think about it if it was your family member and they're alone during this time. And like, even now it's even more, like, it's even harder, right? Because right. we're in COVID times and like people are legit by themselves in their home. They can't yeah. go out, you know? So I'm like, I've, I have like a soft spot. <laughs> you have a soft spot for all of these people. All of them. I mean, I get it like I understand and that's kind of why I say I'm like okay fine I'll let them talk yeah because it's gonna make my life easier when I have to deal with them later because they're like oh you know what I really like her she listens to me so yeah that's true you know what though sometimes it's a little too much (laughs) sometimes but I will say the benefit of it as well so like the benefit for them is like okay, now I have someone to talk to. I can tell them about my life, da, da, da. The benefit for you is like, oh, like my customer service is going to be exceptional today. And for me, customer service is like number one. Like if I have good customer service guy, I'm, I'm talking to your manager. I'm talking to your manager. Yeah. It's true. Get me on the phone with them. Like I am so appreciative. I'm, and even, it's so funny, even at like Sephora, I'll be like, if some girl helps me and I find that it's so helpful and she's just so nice. I'm like, girl, give me your name. I'm going to go talk to your manager right now. thousand <laughs> percent. I'm that way. I feel like it's so important because especially in certain situations, like you don't get recognized that much, like, cause it's your job, right? They think right. it's your 100%. job. And I think, cause we've all kind of been in customer service roles. Um, we know what it's like when you're giving it like 110% and people just kind of brush you off. So like when right. you get in yeah. that industry, you're like, okay, this person's obviously really trying to help me out. Like I need to make sure it's recognized because we've been there. Exactly. Totally. totally. Exactly. It's so interesting, Miranda. I'm going to tell you. So to start off the podcast, Miranda and I know each other from way back. Me and her used to work together and she actually was 
friends with my best friend, um, Becca, about way back when. So shout out to Bex. And um, basically we met while working at a fashion retailer. I'm not going to say the name, but we worked at a fashion retailer together and we hit it off. So I've known Miranda for how many years now? Ooh, I have to say I was like in second. So at least since we were like 20, 21. So that it's been like six, seven years now. Like three. Cause I'm wow. Three. <laughs> so it's, it's been a while. And at the time I like love Miranda. She's such a sweetheart. That's why I'm so happy that she's on the podcast. So welcome Miranda. Yes. Welcome. <laughs> I'm here with both you ladies. Oh my gosh. It's so I want to just begin this by saying thank you so much Miranda and we want to yes. know what is it exactly that you do because I know that your your career has changed a little bit since I've we've last talked so I want to know like what is it that you're doing now like what's Miranda's life like Okay, so uh, last time when we were working together, I was still in school for sociology. Like, I wasn't 100% sure what I wanted to do. I knew it was some kind of, like, marketing or PR. So graduated the sociology degree, went for postgrad for PR, and I was like, okay, I'm going to work at an agency. I'm going to be living, like, my best life. But as we all know, like, when you're out of school, the first thing you want to do is just land a job and start paying off that tuition. So I actually started working at the Metro Toronto Convention Center in sales, and, like, it's coming up to four years. So definitely a different trajectory altogether. Um, and what I loved about it was like working with like event planners, working with clients, kind of making dreams come to life, really selling the space. But what lacked was like that marketing aspect that I fell in love with when I was in PR. So I was wondering how can I still do something that I'm so passionate about without, you know, totally uprooting my life. Cause like, it's kind of hard right now. Like millennials, like we're trying to you know, pay off our student debt, get a hat. Like there's a lot on our plates. And like, I wasn't really in the situation to just jump up and totally change everything. So I started like just working side, side businesses, doing marketing and social media marketing. And eventually COVID hit. And I'm so thankful to still be fully employed, but I did find myself with some extra time because you're in the house. There's not much to do. So it was actually my fiance that was like, why don't you start branding yourself like you know what you're doing in social media like take it to the next level like create a brand like showcase it and obviously like you know us women like we run through every possible scenario in our head like can I do it will I be able to do it can I handle this I don't know you second guess yourself but it's so funny how another person whether it's like your significant other or your best friend or your family they're like go do it like they kind of give you that push and that's all you really need so thanks to him and like my family my friends they were like whatever you need. We're here to support you. And so, yeah, it kind of started M media co on the side that specializes in digital marketing and social media management. And it's been, I've been doing that like on my own since September. So it's still kind of like new and fresh, but it's definitely something that it's a little, it's time consuming of course, but I don't really consider it time consuming when it's something that like you're so passionate about. Right. I just say, I love that. I love it. (laughs) I relate like so much. Like a thousand percent, (laughs) a thousand percent because there's high school and you, and you get into college and university, you're, you're doing something that you think you want to do. And also what will you think will make you a lot of money in a short period of time and what will make your parents proud. Right. So it's always like, 
but I want to do this, but you know, this will make me more money faster. And this is going to make my parents proud. They're going to go and tell their friends and tell like my aunts and my uncles, like, oh, you know, my daughter, she's a lawyer, you know. Oh my gosh, yes. Always, that is usually what pushes everyone to the careers that, or the education that they choose. Mm -hmm. So when you kind of branch out and move towards something different, it's, it's kind of, you know, it's a little bit overwhelming for you at first, but once you get into it and you're like, and you realize like, this is something I really want to do, or I really love this, you take off sailing. Oh my gosh. Sure. Sailing. And I so having a support system is really good or I, really needed. I feel like, um, especially when you like trust yourself in, in that, like you, you see, okay, this is what I'm passionate about. This is what I, I feel like when I do this work, it's not work. It's something right. I enjoy. Do you know what I mean? Like, yes. and I feel like, um, to piggyback on what Chanel was saying, I feel like you feel once you are comfortable doing it. And once you take that step, I feel like you, you feel so liberated. That's how I felt. At least I felt like legit yes. liberated. I was like, Oh my God, what has been holding me back this long? You know, like, and it's, yeah. I would say like, based on what you both were saying, it's like how, um, society has these expectations of you and not only society, it's your parents too. Right. Yeah. Like, so your parents have these expectations of you and they think, you know, I want the best for my daughter or my son or my child. And they think this is going to, what is, is going to be what makes you happy, but it's not necessarily always the case. Right. So it's, it's like you, once you start trusting yourself, like, I feel like you, it, it expands your, your abilities. Like you're able to be like, you know what? I can conquer anything. Like I trust myself entirely to know that I can do this. And I feel like now that you've done that, Miranda, I feel like the sky's the limit, girlfriend. Like oh you can gosh. do whatever you want to do. Seriously. Right. It's kind of scary too because I'm sure you ladies have felt the same when you're kind of like you say yes to like a new project or something you're kind of and you start self-doubting yourself and then sometimes you that kick from an outside source to be like hello you've done like maybe you haven't done this exact thing but you've done something close you will learn it you it's you know what I mean we live in the age of information where if you don't know you can learn and right. like kind of going back to what you were both saying about you know you go to high school and all this I kind of feel um think about you at 18 years old, you know, like, right. That's, that's a lot of pressure on an 18 year old to be like, Hey, figure out what you want to do for the rest of your life. Right. And then a lot, a lot of, times, of like, you're so young, like your mind is everywhere. Mm -hmm. Like it's hard to pin down what you actually want to do. And so much has changed since we've been in high school mm -hmm. in terms of like careers and what makes what in terms of, you know, making money, 1, the jobs that are lucrative, aren't conventional jobs like being a lawyer or being a doctor it's social media based so and, yeah imagine thinking that like back in your grade 10 careers and civics class like that was an option for you to be an influencer like right. Right? that didn't even exist right. <laughs> it didn't even exist that sounded like I know if I told my parents you know I'm gonna make a YouTube channel and I'm gonna be an influencer they would have been like that's not a real job no like that's, that's a, a side thing that you, yeah, that's a hobby. That's the thing you do on the side. Mm -hmm. what, you, what are you really going to do? What are you really going to do with your time and our money? Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> it's so true. It is so true. Um, yes. With regards to um, 
I guess your roots, like where, like your parents are from, like where you're from, where did you grow up? I know this answer, but I just want like the world to know where did you grow up? How were your parents like when you were growing up? Like, how was that situation for you? Um, so I grew up in Mississauga, like just a couple, funny enough, just a couple blocks down from Sarah, even though we didn't so much later, like we were literally a stone throws away, which is hilarious. Wow. Um, so funny. And I grew up, <laughs> my parents are both European. So my dad's Portuguese and my mom's Italian and they really grew up enforcing to me like hard work, go to school. Like that is how you make it in this life. Like, and especially because like my dad in particular, like he didn't have the opportunity to go to post-secondary. So for him, that was like non-negotiable for my sister and I, it's like, I didn't get to do this and I'm working my butt off to make sure you get to do it. So you're going to do it. Um, mind you, he wasn't too pushy on what exactly I studied. Obvi I don't think, he, you know, he'd obviously want to say his daughter's a lawyer or something. Yeah. <laughs> they were both just, you know, post-secondary, whether it's college or university, whichever route you take, like you need to get more of an education. That was always what they said. Um, but I grew up like very family oriented. So in the little neighborhood I live in, so I live, I grew up with both my parents and like a few houses down was my mom's mom. So my nonna, mm -hmm. and then my uncle was there. My, a lot of, two of my great uncles lived on in the same neighborhood as us. So I always grew up around a lot of family. Um, I have one younger sister. We're only like 15 months apart. So we not only did like we do a lot growing up, but even like our friend groups and our social lives, like they were so intermingled. So it's, I've always been um, surrounded by family, which I, I think is like a great way to grow up. Absolutely. You're talking I agree. to two people that are very much family oriented too. Yes. Although I'm yes. an, I'm an only child on my mom's side, but I do have siblings on my dad's side. So I... I relate um, in that I have a lot of cousins. So I feel like I do get that, like in terms of how important family is and like how important it is to have those, um, you know, connections, like those strong um, support system. You know what I mean? Like, right. I completely get it. Um, yeah. For me, I, I have a really big family. I have a lot of siblings. Um, I grew up with all of them. There's seven of us. I grew up with all of them. <laughs> so... Um, you know, we've been really connected and really close. Um, we still are. So, you know, growing up and everyone kind of branching out and doing what we wanted to do, um, the focus always came back to, you know, are you going to be a doctor or are you going to be a lawyer? Like what avenue, you know? And I feel like those, like medicine and law was all, that's, that's the best. You get mm -hmm. the you get the best paycheck from that job you get the best experience and it's also it gives you bragging rights yeah, too right so <laughs> so I feel like you know growing up with a lot of with a lot of family members around it also kind of helps you um figure out who you are as an individual as well of course I completely agree and I think you guys have both said like you growing up with a lot of cousins or like your parents or a lot of siblings and I think we can all agree here no one is going to be more honest with you than your family I wouldn't say too honest but sometimes you need that kind of tough love to kind of be like mm, and you know your mom your dad your cousins your siblings are the first people that'll do it out of love yeah you want to know a story <laughs> <laughs> I, feel, I feel like if you know Hispanic Tell it, girl. if you know Hispanic people you will know that there's always an uncle or always an aunt or always an, a cousin or an older cousin I'll be like oh my god Sarah you look so fat what happened 
Oh my gosh, yes. It's like, why, what, like, like, I why is the first thing you said to me? Right? But it's like, I, I love you, but I won't, like, make you feel like shit. Like, what if right. I, like, what if I gained some weight? Like, what does it, what does it do, you know? Like, but right. that's why, like, when you say that they're going to be the most honest, I yep. 100% guarantee that they're yeah. going to be the most honest. Like, no filters. No They're, filters at yeah. all, like zero, right? Not remember, at all. No, I remember like back in high school, I think I dyed my hair from blonde to jet black, and my oh. mom was just like, "I don't know what this like. No, like this isn't a fit. Like you don't look good." And it's just kind of like your ego's so shot at like seventeen, but it's like right? look back at those photos, you're like, oh yeah, that's I look like Morticia, but not in a good way. Right. <laughs> this is not a good vibe for me. <laughs> And you probably were like, oh my God, I'm doing, I'm doing something to myself. I'm going to oh. look so good when it's done. <laughs> and then when you were done, what did you do? Oh. Why'd you do that to yourself? So bad. And I look back and I'm like, and this is why I will never dye my hair black again. It just did not, <laughs> you know, being 17, you think you know it all. <laughs> yeah, it's true. You think you know it all. You think everything everybody else is telling you doesn't make sense. It's like, no, I'm still going to do this. You know, no. you always have to learn the hard way. Oh, not only that, like you, I feel like sometimes you're so stubborn in your own ways that you're like, even though you're saying that, I'm just going to do it anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, especially when you're young, when you're in high school, you're like, I can do anything. I'm young. Like, what is it like? What is it going to be a difference for? Right? Like, right. I get it. Because I used to in high school, I used to have every single color hair. Like, I'm telling you, blonde, orange, like not on purpose too. orange, (laughs) like red, uh, purple black like everything and like for so many times I was like what is wrong with me like I'm bleaching my hair three times to try and get blonde and it's not happening oh my god but I was just so stubborn and that's I think another thing about like when you're so young sometimes you're so naive and you're just so like I want to do what I want to do no matter what anyone says I'm gonna do it yep you know yeah and I'll said it best you have to learn the hard way my mom always jokes she's like I swear that should have been your middle name Miranda I have to learn the hard way. <laughs> it's like no matter what you did in life like you could have 50 people telling you like no we don't do that and you still had to figure it out and she's like yep. and you know and even sometimes with like you know stuff on my like even now I could be like mm, I don't know if this is right but like I'm gonna do it anyways and you're kind yeah. of like ah maybe not maybe not yeah. I'm still gonna try it out they they said I was gonna bust my ass but you know I'm gonna still do it and if I bust my ass I bust my ass I learned let me see what my ass really feels like (laughs) let me really feel it you know let me really feel it and then then I can be like oh guys don't do it what they said is true don't do it (laughs) like for example last year I went skiing busted my ass (laughs) <laughs> literally <laughs> I broke my leg and I was like I'm never going skiing again ever ever again yeah learn the hard way yeah like the the hardest way you could have possibly learned yeah yeah and you know what the worst part is I was doing good the whole day it was at the end of the day I was I was oh, like God. let me go down one more time and that's when it happened <laughs> I was like say never. I'm never going skiing again never ever again them. I've heard so many stories about skiing and accidents and stuff. So for it's me, I'm just like, it's I can't do it. No. I can't do it. It's like, it's like skating, but with two long poles attached to your foot. <laughs> and like, you want to move your foot normally, 
but you can't because it's two long poles attached to your foot. You know, so things you would normally do, like walking, (laughs) because you got two large poles attached to your foot. Real shit. Yeah. Um, I want to just ask you, Miranda, so I, because I'm curious, because I tried searching you and doing some research, but I feel like it would be best coming from the owner herself. So I want to know, what is it exactly that you do? Like for your company, what do you do? So I specialize in digital marketing and social media management, and that's a very broad term in this day and age, but mm-hmm. that can mean anything from assisting with content creation, helping with social media, assisting with podcasts, just like this, but more on the back end, which is kind of cool. So yeah. like creating show notes, scheduling of guests, connecting with other podcasts or cross promotions. Um, yeah. So it's like kind of cool. Like I, I know the back end of the podcast, so it's kind of cool to be on the front end of the podcast this time. Yeah, um, awesome. Like things just like running promotions, like digital ads on social media platforms, like Facebook, Instagram, Google ads, things like that. So kind of, um, I kind of do a little bit of everything. If I had to kind of pick my favorite thing to do, it would have to be social media marketing. So um, running ads and seeing how they perform on social media, connecting with other like-minded audiences and creators and kind of growing a brand. Um, The content creation, I don't mind it, but I'm not a graphic designer at heart. And like graphic designers are just so talented that they are, oh my gosh, my little you know, I see the work that they do and I'm like, there's a reason why you guys went to for this. Like it's their gift. Right? <laughs> I could not fathom like creating the things that they create or like having the vision to create what they created. I'm always like, I can never do this by myself. <laughs> I need help. I feel like you have to be a visionary to do yes. it. Like you have to have yeah. like, type of like in your brain you have this image and it's like it's never been created before like I find that so interesting like so unique and so like such a skill that you can't sometimes you cannot um attain it does that make sense like you can yeah as a creative individual as an artist as a as a visionary sometimes there's things in your brain that like have never existed before and now that you put it out like into the world now it exists and it's like wow like to me that's like revolutionary I know that sounds like super like serious for it being what it is but I I I I I feel that way like I really do no man like oh go ahead go ahead (laughs) no I was just gonna say like I agree because like I could see something I can draw what I see but I can't add pizzazz to it and make it look um, more innovative or more broad or like all these additional ideas or different colors. Like I would have never thought like, oh, maybe let's put some yellow in there. Like that's something that would never have crossed my mind. I would have stuck to whatever. I'm looking at this. I'm going to do it exactly the way I see it. And that's that. But yeah, content or digital creators or um people that do anything in adult not adobe yeah but what is it adobe Adobe. Adobe. oh my gosh Mm -hmm. craziness and even um like those digital illustrations that people will get done like couples will get done or like like they're like breathtaking i'm like how do you even put that together I honestly, so I know a couple of uh, digital designers, like um, graphic designers, I would say, um, 
and the way that they literally can position like their um because a lot of times they do it on an ipad right so like they have like the the pen or whatever and they're literally drawing digitally and i'm like how are you doing this like it to me it's so like it is so beautiful how they create it because it's a whole process right like they literally from what i've seen um in the past oh chanel just left no okay i'm gonna continue <laughs> i was like um what but so basically when they're drawing like they draw like a circle and then they draw like a square like so that way they have like some sort of template and then then they start doing the features like in terms of like they start off with like a very essential like a base. base do you know what i mean like they start off with a base and then they make it even more elaborate and it's just like how in the world how like for me it's so interesting See, I find it so funny that you say that because I see that in the line of work you do. Like, I'm so cut and dry with my makeup. It's like tinted moisturizer, little mascara, eyeliner, we're done. And I see the work you do. And like, I see like when you start from like someone that's so, you know, the fresh face, whatever, no makeup into what you do. And I'm like, I wouldn't even have like, what? Like, no, I didn't even know you could do that. And like, it's just mind blowing. So I guess um, you're doing the exact same thing just on a different medium. You know what? It's true. Um... I would say it's interesting because a lot of times in makeup, like I would say it, you have a base because you have the <laughs> Hey guys, I'm back. Hey. <laughs> um, <laughs> as I was saying, uh, when you're, when you're doing makeup, you have like the features. So you have your eyes, you have your nose, you have your lips, all of these things, right? So you have a base but then you build on that. So it's like you, you enhance it with like makeup, obviously, but it's like, at least I have the features here to work with. I feel like a lot of times with, um, artists, for instance, like with art, like paintings and whatnot, I feel like you have to start from literally a blank, blank canvas. So it's like interesting because I yeah. see both ways, you know what I'm saying? Like I see both ways. Um, it's interesting because I actually, I'm not sure if I've ever told you this, Miranda, and I don't I'm not sure if you know, but I work at Mac now. So I'm a Mac makeup artist. Um, and it's interesting because, um, where was I going with this? Oh, this is what, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so um, a client came in and she was actually, she had a painting, like a canvas or whatever she bought. And she was saying, oh, like, I'm an artist, like, I, I paint. And she's, and I was like, you know what, I do too. Like, and, and it's true, because, like, I do paint. And I, I'll actually show you, why not? I painted that. Oh, my God. Right? <laughs> so the first I, time I seen that, I was like, you didn't buy that? Are you sure you didn't buy that? Or you right? Didn't, like, uh, who's the artist? <laughs> right? Like, it's fun. I, I sign it. Plus, <laughs> it's like, so can I my it. own? Right? So, so that, and so it was really interesting because like, I wanted to relate to her and be like, you know what, if you're an artist, you can do it. Like you have, like, think about it this way. You have the features, you have like the base here. All you have to do is enhance it. So it's, it's really interesting because it crossed it. Um, I guess like it's so related being an artist, like for painting and being a makeup artist. It's so, it's so intertwined. Yeah, for sure. What made you fall in love with PR and marketing? Was there one thing that really was like, I need to do this for the rest of my life? Like this, I'm very passionate about this. Okay. So to be completely honest, like I was one of those 
like people that like I went to post-secondary because I had to go to post-secondary like I didn't really know what I was going for I didn't really know what I wanted to do like at 18 as we mentioned like you're so, God, like you're still such a baby like you don't even know what you really like at 18 you know right so I kind of like what went for like major to be determined but taking courses my guidance counselor was like oh you have like enough to be like a social major and I'm like okay like I kind of like the courses let's just do that and we'll figure it out and then it was just kind of during a time where um you know like social media was starting to come up and like I would you know networking events that kind of push those on you when you're in university and things like that and I was like okay, I kind of want to know like the behind the scenes of all of this and yeah. I got into PR and I went to college so I went to the post-grad Seneca at York program and um, personally, like I found it so interesting. Like after I started taking my first few classes there, I was like 1000% marketing and PR is what I want to do. Like being hands-on with the clients, help executing dreams, working with brands, starting from like a brand that, you know, is just as often taking it to the next level. Right. That's something I can see myself doing, working one-on-one with clients and like creating those dreams. Like that is something I need to do. So it wasn't until I kind of took a leap on, you know, kind of reevaluated at the end of university. What are my interests? What do I like to do? And what can I do with this very um, generic sociology is like, it's not very specialized. It's kind of a generic what can I do with it? So that's how it happened. And then it wasn't until I was in college that I was like, wow, I'm I'm really enjoying this. And I think that's the difference between university, which is like a little bit more theory based and a little bit more, um, you know, it's not as hands-on. And that's the one thing I loved about my college experience was we had to plan an event. We had to run a PR campaign. Like we had to do all this stuff and we were getting not marked, like, yes, we're getting marked on it, but it was great firsthand experience that I didn't get when I was doing, um, university. Right. Do you feel the same way, Chanel? Because I know that you went to college too, right? I, yes. So I did, I do, I did enjoy my college, college experience because yeah, like, um, Miranda was saying, you do get a more hands-on experience um, which is perfect for me because I'm um, one of those learners that I have to do it in order for it to stick. Mm-hmm. So I never see myself going to university. So college was always going to be my my route in order to achieve what I wanted to achieve. Mm-hmm. And I liked it because, again, you get to do everything hands-on. Like um, my program that I did was paralegal. So they would let us, they would do mock trials with us, right? To get us um, familiar with, you know, actually going to do a case or going to court and things like that. Even interviewing somebody for like that you're going to be representing at some point. They gave us experience to do that as well and drafting motions and all of those things. So I got a lot of experience. I mean, I don't even work in that like realm anymore, but I feel like that's so it did cool. teach me a lot. <laughs> so yeah. I did appreciate it a lot. That's For awesome. Sure. For me, I feel like I I don't even know what to compare it to, to be honest, because like I only went to university, so I never went to college. So for me, it was all theory based, and it and exactly what you took, Miranda. I took sociology too and criminology. Um, so for me, it was all theory. And, but for me, I feel like uh, my university career wasn't really what I knew I was going to go into per se. I had an idea like, oh, this would be cool to go into, but I didn't think like for sure this is what I'm going to be. Does that yeah. make sense? Like, so right. 
Um, my experiences, I would say that I learned in university sort of created a foundation for who I am today in terms of like critically thinking about things or like um, human relations. Cause like, I feel like, and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong Miranda, but I feel like um, when you do study sociology, you do learn a lot about how people are just naturally. Um, so oh, yeah. it really helps with like, um, when you interact with people, you understand like there's certain things about people that they're thinking about or certain reasons for why people do certain things. So like, I feel like that for me created a foundation of what, like where I am now. Um, not so much in terms of like the hands-on cause I didn't really have hands-on if we're being honest. So right. I feel like, um, sort of not jealous, but I'm sort of envious of you guys because I feel like you did have that hands-on and you were like able to actually see, Oh, this is how I create something for myself in terms of like, right. I had to put, put my, put my work in it. You know what I mean? Right. Like, right. I, I really admire that from both of you. Oh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, I think you said it perfectly. And like, it's so funny how you brought up the sociology and like the way people think. Cause it's one thing when I do talk to like clients or even when I was interviewing for jobs fresh out of college, they were like, okay, you have a sociology degree but you're looking at this type of like I don't see the trajectory and I was like um and I would tell it as like listen, like I learned the way that people think and I learned how society runs the way people think and when it comes to marketing I feel like that's a pretty big indication you yeah. want to make sure you're appealing to yeah. the masses right and I think a lot of people just think like you like sociology psychology like they don't always like connect the dots but once you explain it they're like oh wow like that's a whole other realm and you're like yeah it is <laughs> it is it, it really only is. makes sense that you would like sociology would be useful for it it could be used for anything to be honest you know well, anything where you have to interact with people or your job requires you to be in constant contact with other people and other individuals it makes it only makes sense like yeah. I feel like I maybe I should have took sociology because you know that would make me read people a little bit better you know so it was definitely interesting like it wasn't um it was one of the ologies compared to like psychology anthropology yeah. I found like pretty interesting like to learn how society works and things like that I was like oh yeah. okay it's interesting kind of um, in university. So I was talking to Miranda before the podcast started a little bit. We were just catching up and I was telling her that I went to Carleton in my first year. So right after high school, I went to Carleton and in Carleton, yeah. I took psychology. And let me tell okay. you guys, it was not for me. <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> for me at all. Like I, I took my classes and I was like, what are you telling me? I have to, I have to know science. Like no thanks like I was like, like not for me like but you have to know actual science like yeah e plus h equals a like I'm not sure I think I blocked that out of my life <laughs> for a reason like I was just like I can't do this like and um so for me I was like you know what I loved psychology in, in high school because you know how like I don't know Chanel like let me know if this was it for you but in high school when where I went um we had a class that was all three of them combined. So it was like psychology, anthropology, and sociology. And right off the bat, I was like, oh my God, I love psychology. And then you see like, um, what is it called? Um, criminal Minds. And you're like, yes. oh, psychology. <laughs> and I, that was like what I yes. aspired to be. I was like, I want to be a psychologist. I want to be on the behavioral like, analysis unit, whatever. Right. And uh, once I got into it, I was like, you know what? Like, 
this isn't for me. It isn't for me. And it's like, I know my personality, I think, would be better suited for more interaction with humans. Does that make sense? Like, on a psychology background, yes, you are interacting with humans, but I feel like it's like on a one-on-one basis. It is a one-on-one, and it's more like you're not giving any information of of yourself. True. Because you're trying to help that person, right? So you're not sharing you're just listening and taking right. that information to help that person right so, exactly so for, for that's Nola, the I took yeah. it and I was like wait I but I do like dealing with people but I feel like I like dealing with people on a little bit of a bigger scale I want to mm-hmm. understand like on a on a macro level if we're talking <laughs> university terms <laughs> um on a macro level I like I think it sort of suited me better. So I feel like that's why I went into sociology afterwards. Yeah. But it's, it's, uh, it's interesting. Uh, we have that in common, Miranda. I, I, was, I was surprised, but I'm not actually that surprised. I feel like we're very similar. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so funny you say that because I remember just taking like psych 101, like those basic first year courses. And it was the science for me. I was like, yeah, that's going to be a no for me. <laughs> It was a science for me. You like said mitochondria, like I'm out, I'm out. (laughs) Yes. The rough ribosomes, like all that nucleus. You guys got me. It's too much. No way. Oh my gosh. You guys went too in depth with that science stuff. I didn't even take that science in high school, the prerequisite. I even take it. So. Now didn't talk be necessary <laughs> right <laughs> i am <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly so true yes so um miranda i do have a question for you for myself yeah. um you know because we're also trying to build our social media and i i also feel like a lot of our listeners would also be interested in getting some information that could help them at least in a in a little bit um on how to grow their in their um, social media presence and what things they should um, keep in mind when, um, you know, thinking about the Instagram or YouTube algorithm Mm -hmm. and how that works. Um, So if you have any pointers or any advice on that, that would be great, you know, because we try to get our our numbers out. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) And I know this is going to sound so annoying. And even when I hear other people say it, like I kind of roll my eyes, but then I have to like roll them back because it's true. (laughs) Um, Content, like content for your audience is king. Like I, and I fall into this trap all the time. I'm like, oh, I think this is like a really cute quote. This is a really cute photo. But like, is this what my clients or my audience wants to see so I think that's one thing that we kind of get so trapped in what we think is aesthetically pleasing what we like what we want and then we have to remember that our social media when we are a brand like not our personal but like our brand account we need to think what do they need like we're trying to fill that white space that um that gap that's what we're trying to provide some kind of service and right. what makes us different and I think a lot of us like myself included you go you get into these traps of there's millions of other social media managers. Why would they want to work with me? Well, they want to work with you or they want to listen to your podcast or they want to book you as a makeup artist because you are you and you have something so unique about you and you're going to approach something differently than XYZ is going to approach it. And I think we need to remember that and kind of show that off a little bit. Like one thing with my social media and my 
you know, the digital marketing is like, I try to kind of make a spin on it that, you know, it's a little bit girlier, but we're working like one-on-one. -on -one. Like I'm not this huge corporation agency. I'm, you know, I am Miranda behind M Media Co. And I'm going to sit with you and you're working one-on-one -on -one with me. We're collaborating. When it comes in terms of growing your brand, I think, you know, as um, simple as it might seem, but having like a consistent posting schedule, looking at your Instagram insight, right. let's see when my audience is most reactive and when they're online. So yeah, it might be convenient for me to post at 8am because that's when I wake up. But if my audience isn't scrolling until three, then I need to make some adjustments to make sure my content is hitting my audience. Right. Uh, and also what I find too, is just taking I maybe a half hour is a lot of time. Maybe it's a little bit of time depending on your schedule, but a half hour a day and just connecting with like-minded people in the community. So searching up hashtags that relate to your brand or that are similar with your brand. So I'm just going to use Sarah for instance, cause she's a makeup artist. So like, you know, brides huge especially during covid like they're scrambling right now so like you know looking at upcoming bridal things or you know hashtag just got engaged things like that that you know might not exactly be my target at the moment but like that's a potential client soon to be so you kind right. of have to think outside the box and it's so easy like even for myself like i could look hashtag social media agency but i'm just gonna hit another social media agency i'm not gonna hit right my target client. What about if I reframe that and I look at Toronto small business owner? Now I'm looking at a small business that may need help in social media that I can connect with and I can like their posts and I can create a dialogue with. So I right. think um, sometimes we have to, I know I do this a lot, reframe it. Like it's, it's not about me. It's about my audience and what answers are they trying to solve and how can I bring that in terms of algorithm? Um, this is one tip that I know, um, it's so true. Instagram loves Instagram. So you could have the most beautiful content you've ever created, but Instagram loves Instagram. So yeah. if your content is, you know, if you are on Instagram, if you're using, ha using hashtags, if you're on reels, if you're on IG live, if you're using Instagram's entire platform, they're going to favor your content and push that on the top of everyone's platform. If you're just having like one post, you know, that's like a quote and it might be the most resonating quote to everybody in the world, but Instagram's not seeing it like that. That algorithm algorithm is just reading it as another post. Whereas, you know, maybe you turn that post into a reel and like put some graphics in it. Now Instagram's going to be like, oh, they're using our stuff. Bump this up to everyone's timeline. Right. So I think just um, my top tips would be for growing the brand is listening to the audience. When your audience is active too, doesn't matter if it's convenient, even if you have to use an auto schedule, by all means, plan, plan only, hopefully I'm saying that right, later, things like that. Yeah definitely use them to the best of your ability and um engage with other people like obviously have your you know tribe of people that are similar to you there's other social media markets that i follow and i chat with even if it's just to bounce ideas and then do some interaction with people that might potentially need you down the road get in front of their faces you know they may not be searching for you yet but they might so you might as well kind of get in front of them and show them what's up a little bit earlier on so uh, those are some of my takeaways Awesome. That is very informative. Yeah, that was great. Oh, thank you. It's all things I never really thought about. Like I switched my account to a business account or like the creator account. And it does show you like um, your statistics, like, you know, your demographic, like if it's more men and the age group and all of that and the times, but I didn't know what to do with that information or how to, um, use that information to my advantage. So this is awesome. <laughs> like, I learned a lot right now. <laughs> I'm so happy. Um, 
but yeah, totally. And I like, I feel like reels is very similar to TikTok, but yeah. and like, and don't get me wrong. Like I'm on, I don't post on TikTok, but I'm always scrolling on TikTok. And I feel like it's such a place, especially with like, you know, like the podcast or even like, like Sarah's make, like, I feel like there's such a yes. space on Instagram reels and TikTok for such visual type of things. Like it's, it's a whole new realm. It's like a, you know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like these kiddos are like, they have like a whole, like they got on this so, so long ago. And I'm just like, right? how do I do this? <laughs> right. And then who is it? Charlie D'Amelio. I think she's only been on TikTok. Like she started her TikTok a year ago and she has like a billion or a million oh followers in it's a year. How? Goodness. How? And all she does is dance on there. That's what I'm <laughs> saying. I'm like, I could do that. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> let's like let's set up a camera I, but also I tried to do it and like the the dances are dances I would never do so it's like to catch on and then put it and then do it it's like right oh, this is too much this is why the kids right? are doing it these Gen Zers have a leg up on that I'll give, I'll give them their <laughs> yeah TikTok like I use Twitter so I'm, I love I'm, Twitter I love Twitter. You, there's so much information on Twitter. I and also, Twitter. Twitter is such good. a great place to, like, just shoot the shit. 1,000%. It's a great place for that. It's a great place. That's where all the memes start. Mm-hmm. That's where um, all those little inside jokes, those all start on Twitter. And it's so funny that you mentioned getting your information because, you know, during this whole pandemic – um, I'm like more likely to go onto my Twitter account and like CP24 has already tweeted everything I need to know, like the cases for the exactly. day, lockdowns looking like, you know, instead of me as lazy, it sounds like typing it in on Google, like Twitter just kind of sends it to me. And then also, like you said too, it's kind of where you shoot the shit. Like my tweets, like, you yeah. know, LinkedIn, Miranda, Instagram, Miranda, and Twitter, like they're very yes. different. They're like, very Twitter, Miranda's, different. You know, she's like, just very more blunt and honest and like just yes. more day to day. And it's, it's funny. Cause then you, you kind of meet your own kind of people on there too, that are also very exactly people that relate to you and like are annoyed about the same things as you people who, you know, start a thread and the thread is interesting. And you're just like, Ooh, so <laughs> like, much. This is so good. I know Twitter is, is a great place to find like-minded people or even people that you didn't know that were popular, but you're like, oh, interesting. And you find new people. 1000%. And I even find it too, to like answer some questions. Like there's sometimes like questions yeah. I have about, you know, like I'm thinking about taking this course, like has anyone taken it? Hashtag, you know, Twitter marketing. And then you get replies right. from people following that hashtag and they're like, girl, don't take it. Don't wait. Or like, oh my gosh, it was so helpful by all means. So I feel like you get a lot of, um, you can find a lot of great answers. And then on the flip side, like sometimes I just want to tweet about Real Housewives and, you know, there's a whole bunch of people. Yes. That is- oh my gosh, Miranda, you watch Real Housewives? I, I love it. Okay, which one's your favorite? If you have to choose your favorite. So right now, my favorite is Potomac. Okay. But that's because they have a lot of drama. Um, my Well, my favorite for a long time was Beverly Hills. <laughs> they felt, I love Beverly Hills because it's so classic. And now I'm just yes. like, hey, you guys- so boring now. So boring. Like, like, like the dog, dog gate. I was like, seriously? Like, this is, this is not. Like, what are we talking about, guys? Come on. Like, is that, is that all there is for you guys today? But I understand they're wit, they're rich women. I mean, they're, the show's called Real Housewives, right? So it's like, <laughs> yeah. 
I've been, because uh, re- Hey You has every season. Every single season of every Housewives franchise. <laughs> so my mom and I have a standing date on Saturdays where we pop a bottle of Prosecco and we catch up oh. on a Housewives. So right now we're in New York. So we started in New York from season one and I'm like, in, in tears. I'm like, this one never disappoints. I feel like New York's always some great drama. Always good. Always. There's every always. episode I'm like, oh, like Ramona. <laughs> Ramona, <laughs> you me cringe girl, but like I love it. Don't always, stop. It's yeah. So and I good. feel like because like I'm like that, you know, like that Italian girl at heart. My heart belongs in Jersey because like yes. the OG Teresa table flip yes. is in my mind so forever. Um, so I feel like I have a special place in my heart for Jersey, even though I find that Jersey they air a lot of their stuff on Instagram. Like I can you just yeah. follow them on Instagram and you know what's up. Whereas New York, I find them a little bit more private. Like I can follow them on Instagram and then watch their show and I'm still like <gasps> right like you're like oh my god like mm-hmm. have you late started like, the new one Salt Lake City no but I've been hearing good things about how Salt Lake City I was very uh, I was like it's like nothing's gonna be drama about it like it sounds right? boring and I've actually been pretty impressed right so um I seen a couple of clips about um there was this girl she was Mormon but now I think she converted to Islam mm-hmm. Yeah, so that storyline was quite interesting. Yes. From the clips that I seen, I was like, all right, yeah. I think I'm going to watch this. I have there- to finish up Potomac, and Atlanta started recently. Yes, and um, is Nini that's not on it anymore? She decided to yes. step down. So Nini's not on it anymore, and I'm like, where am I going to get all my jokes from? Right. Because Nini was the queen. She, but, was, she was on it for, like, she was one of the longest-running housewives. So, like, yes. that was real, and she stepped out on her own terms, so, you know, like, she probably's had enough. She's like, okay. Yeah. I don't need to do this. Apparently anymore. they said that, you know, it's um the money. I think Andy wasn't meeting her where she wanted to be because she's like, you know, I'm a driving force on this show. You guys gotta pay me. You know what I mean? That's one thousand percent though. Right. And then they were all like I guess they weren't wanting to give her that. So she was like, Okay, bye. Right. I feel like she'll be back though. I feel like she'll be back. I hope that Bravo kind of meets her halfway because she is holding up the show in the situation. Like she's the one that kind of brings it and kind of stirs it all. And like, I feel like they're going to see a season without her. It's going to take a hit and they're going to smarten up and be like, okay, call her girl back. We got to meet her halfway. But also Atlanta has a a girl from Toronto on it. Latoya. Yes. She's from Toronto. So that's kind of cool. I know. I used to watch her on Instagram and I was like, okay, this is cool. Like, if she had a reality show, it would be good because she kind of, like, structured her um, YouTube that way mm-hmm. for it to be a reality show with her, her kids, and her husband. Yeah. And now she's on the show, so I'm like, ooh, this would be interesting. But yeah. you, always, you know they always kind of script things or they, you know, embellish a little bit. Of so course. We'll see, but I'm interested. I'm interested. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am so something to look forward to. Like you, we need yes. to pandemic. So Real Housewives has been what what it's been for me. <laughs> I agree. I agree. You guys can hate me. <laughs> you don't watch Housewives. I've only ever watched like maybe one episode, and maybe not even that. Like maybe like ten minutes. <laughs> you know, <Listen. laughs> that's how I started too. But I developed mm-hmm. a, um, a reality TV show addiction. So, it's so I, true. I love everything. 
I finally, I'm going to be completely honest. Like the premises is kind of silly. Like I'm watching rich women spend their money and like, and and then complain about it. So I'm like, why am I going to watch this? But then like you, I have to admit, sorry, you got to get through like one season of like, and then once you get that one season, the, like the characters that kind of have their own personalities. You're like, okay, now I see why I tune in. But it's, right. I find it's kind of difficult, as I was saying, because everything's on everything's on social media. So you kind right. of know what's going on before the show hits, which exactly. five years ago, even with Keeping Up With The Kardashians, I feel like... Girlfriend, don't even get me started on Keeping Up With The Kardashians. Like, I, that's like oh my, my guilty pleasure. Like, I, yes. I watch it not because I think like, oh, like they're so cool. I don't watch it because of that. I watch it because it's so entertaining. Like, yes. you're on the edge of your seat and I'm like, you're like, oh, what's Scott going to say next? Or like, you know, like. <laughs> that's exactly why I watch social um, reality TV because yeah. I'm like, Number one, it's a break from everything I'm going through. Number that's number one. Number two, it's like prop. It's rich people problems. It's problems I will never have. No, I want to see it. Vicariously through them. Exactly. Exactly. This is it. I'm like, let me let me live my rich life. Let me live my best rich life through them. Exactly. (laughs) And let me just watch them. Let me drink my wine. Oh my I love to watch these rich people with their rich people problems. Oh I get my so, God. and I, I love love, love the first few seasons of Kardashians when it was very they're yes. so iconic, so it's iconic, so iconic. The whole thing. So funny. Have Pardon? you guys watched the whole thing from the beginning? Yes, yes, I have too. <laughs> And it's like, I'm kind of like, I'm kind of sad when they said that they were, end- like, we all kind of knew. Yeah, yeah, we knew it was going to end. It was coming, but it's still, like, it's still kind of sad. And, like, you know, some of the right? most iconic things of, like, millennial culture is the Kardashian. Like, Kim's crying face is iconic. Yes. There you go, exactly. That's a meme. I That's- used it for, like, months. Right? I, like, saved that picture and anytime, like, if I was laughing really hard, like, and I wanted to express that. Then that Kim exactly it makes sense. It makes sense. So like so many lines. Like you can say to someone, "Don't be effing rude," and you know exactly. Yeah, I'm coming in with the bag. Oh my gosh! Anytime someone does something great, you're yeah. doing great. like you have to say you're that. Doing, yeah, you're doing great, sweetie. Or so Kim, good. there are people dying. Oh my gosh. Like, I know. And I feel I like it's so, like, that is something that, like, we need to hit home sometimes. So some right. people, you know, like, there's people right. dying. Like, totally. Like, Kim, people are dying. So funny. Oh my gosh. So it's the early Kardashian era that was just so, that's so many lines, yes. so iconic. Even, like, the way they dress. Like, I feel like they really kind of, like, yes. shaped the way. Oh my god, so much. We, they, they shape the way pop culture, like, everyone in popular culture dresses right now. Even, like, like even the way they look, like, girls get surgery to look like that. Absolutely. I, I also feel it's like insane. the whole idea of like contouring was really popped off with Kim right so it's like it was that whole like that is like an evolution of makeup even like right you you being a makeup artist like you kind of always known it but like Kim Kardashian does it and now you know girls going to school are contouring and you're like okay we've done it for a while but like now you know like a 13 year old I didn't look like that when I was testing out makeup at 13 no no. I look crazy I look like I was wearing a mask (laughs) yeah 
with our thin, thin, thin eyebrows. Remember, Sarah, you reminded yes. me of one thing that you don't hope comes back, and I could not agree more. I agree. Little eyebrows that, like, Christina Aguilera had, and we thought we're like, oh, I remember for, like, one hair. I'd be like, yeah. no. <laughs> but you know what's so interesting, you guys, is that that trend, actually, I was looking back on my photos from, like, I'm going to say less than 10 years ago. I'm going to say less than that. And I had skinny, skinny, skinny brows. And I was like, wait, I thought that like stopped in the nineties, but it really didn't. No, like, oh even in gosh. high school, we like, had we were in high brows. school for yeah. sure. For sure. Yeah. I think it stopped in like maybe the, like the 2000, like 2010 yes. era. That's yes. when everybody was like, okay guys, you need to have like these IG baddie eyebrows. Right. I think even be I think even after that, when I was in 2010, I was 16 and I still had my my like okay. my really thin brows. Even even when I met Miranda, I feel I still had thin brows. I feel I was definitely not filling in my brows when we were in retail. Yeah. Like it wasn't yeah. Yeah. that was back in like 2012, 2013. So I'm like, yeah. wow, like I feel like it's so recent. Yeah. Like like there's certain trends that like have lasted a very long time and it's like wow, like you wouldn't have thought of it just because time flies, it seems. Oh, but, yeah. You know? And it's uh, so funny. I'm sure if your moms are like mine, I remember those days of us plucking and she'd be like, stop, you're going to regret it when you're older. I was like, mom, yes. I do not have a unibrow. Literally like the farthest thing from a unibrow, but like right? so paranoid. And like now she sees me or my sister in the morning getting ready, like putting them on. And she was like, did you do some damage? And I was like, uh-huh. as I'm painting them. <laughs> right. My mom's always like, oh, look, your eyebrows were so full and bushy before. And look at them now. And I'm like, I like them. They are. Thank you. And they're not even that skinny. Okay, I have some eyebrows once these come off. Like, they're there. You can see them. (laughs) That's the thing right now, too, with eyebrows, is, like, you can have really beautiful brows, but I feel like there's a trend right now, and I'm sure that you both have seen it, where it's, like, the soap brow. Mm -hmm. Right? Yes. And for me, I, like, look at that, and I'm like, oh, my God. I, like, daydream about it. I'm not even joking, you guys. I me look too. at it, and I'm like, oh, my God, it looks I can't so get my eyebrows beautiful. to stay up like that. I can't for the life of me, and it bothers me. It bothers me so much because I'm like, I want to live my best I life. I want to do life. that. You know? What I'm thinking of doing, I'm thinking of perming my eyebrows, you know? Because when you perm them, they can feel just, they do whatever you want them to do. This is it. So if I do it, but the thing is, I don't want to do it and then my eyebrows fall out. Um, that's also a problem. Because then it's going to take a long time for them to grow back. I wonder mm-hmm. if they don't grow back the same. Oh, you know what though? Like a, a bald spot. I will say, I know, I know at least one other people, one other person, she's a makeup artist as well, and she has no brows. And she draws them on every single day. And I feel like she does it because there's so much freedom to like have like your eyebrows go like all the way up here if you wanted to or like have them straight or have them curved or yeah. have them angled you know what I'm saying there's so much variety I and- have a fear about that though because like if I have no eyebrows how am I gonna like figure out where my eyebrow muscle is so when I'm surprised they actually move you know what I mean like what if I do them too high up or if I do them too low? yeah I need some kind of something to go right. up Something, something, yeah, I need, like, a stencil. Yeah. Okay. Holla at, holla at ABH, Anastasia Beverly Hills, because they have stencils. They, they got eyebrow stencils. Hell yes. Hell yes. And they're sick. They're, because 
if, if we are all on the same page here, Anastasia Beverly Hills ABH has the best brow products, in my opinion. Their brow, their brow whiz, their stencils, everything. Like, they're just, like, experts at brows. And so yeah. if you guys ever have that happen to you where you are without any brows or know anyone that <laughs> made has a mistake, brow, whatever the case, <laughs> the brow stencils are it. They are it. I promise. Oh. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of I'm kind of interested. So what I've been interested in is like you know that e-girl trend right now. Oh, girl, eyebrows are straight. Oh, I love it. Oh, we don't. I'm. I want to try it, but like <laughs> I also don't want to shave my eyebrows off to do that because you have to shave off the tail. I was literally it. Chanel. I was like, literally on the verge of doing it. So if you guys see, these are my natural brows, right? Yeah. I was like, what if I just take this off? What if I just take it off? And I, I like, I'm still debating it. I'm still like, oh my God, what if I do it? What will I regret it? Like, I'm just like, I think. You know what? If you do it, it's not that bad because you, you're shaving it off at the, at the, um, the arch. Right. So, you know, right from there, you, if you're, if you're like, you know what? I fussed up. I don't like it. Yeah. You can just draw the bottom tail piece. I <laughs> like, True. It's what you do for a living. You know what I mean? Like if anyone yeah. you're too, it's your right. like you know, me, if I do that, I'm going to be like, well, <laughs> well this I is guess I look like this. <laughs> I guess I'm going to look like this until they grow back. I'll learn the hard way, obviously. Yep. There you yep. go. <laughs> it's so true, you guys. But Chanel, I get it. I get that so much. And like, for me, yeah. it wasn't even the e-girl trend that really made me want to do that. Guess who it was? Was it Nikita Dragon? No. Someone a little bit bigger. Are you talking about Summer Walker? No. Okay. Ariana Grande. Her brows, guys? Oh, my God. Like, um, in the summertime, I did the the white liner look from Yon. Yeah, the graphic liner. Okay. And I was like, this isn't going to look right. (laughs) Cause I like, yeah, I'm, cause my eyebrows not straight. Right. And I was like, how is this going to work? Am I going to make this work? How is this going to look good? Like, how is it going to look like that? And I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do it. Am I going to have to do like the, the drag, the drag, um, oh, glue it down. Gluing it down. And I was like, you know what? No, I'm going to keep my brows and I'm going to make it work. Cause I'm like, if yeah. I'm having this issue, there's so many people having this issue. Do you know yeah, what I mean? So like, I better just do it. To show them that they can do it without having those straight ass eyebrows. Exactly. So that's what I did. (laughs) But that's basically like that from the summertime. I was like, I really want to. I love those straight brows. Like me too. And I'm just, I'm just so worried because I'm like, I like, you know what? Maybe we should just try it and do the drag queen glue it down. That's the best way. That's the best way to do it without sacrificing your eyebrow um, quality. You know. And not having to worry, worry about it growing back. Exactly. And, and, yeah. And if you guys are dead set on it, then at least you guys have attempted. You're like, okay, now I'm going to actually take the plunge and give it a little, shave it off. Right. I don't I'm just going to say something. I've done this before and I loved it. Oh, okay. really? Wait, I don't remember this. Because I didn't tell you. Um, it was a mistake. I was tweezing my brows like I normally do and I did a little bit too much because I don't really have an arch like like Chanel has a really nice arch she has more of my dad's eyebrow shape and I have more of my mom's which her eyebrows are amazing because they just go straight across her her, her forehead they're just straight block eyebrows so I have more of that shape with a little tail on the end 
So sometimes I fake it. And then I thought I fucked up a little bit. I'm like, well, you know what? Just commit to it. And I took it all off. And it, I loved it. A bomb. See? Yes. First hand, first hand review. See, now I know that I can do it because me and her, me and my sister kind of have like similar face shape and, yeah. and features. So I'm like, it's going to look good on her. It'll look good on me. And honestly, ladies, I feel like now is the time if you guys are going to do something drastic. We're quarantined. No it's one's going to have to see. No one's going to. And then if it works, then once we're, you know, ba- allowed back out in public, you can do it all over again. Right? Play it. I'm thinking That's about it. it. I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking right. about it. I, I just feel like I'm going to do it and I'm going to come out of my room and my mom's going to be like, what did you do to yourself? Oh, it's such a <laughs> she's gonna make she's gonna roast me but oh, you know yeah. what that's fine hey gorgeous thanks so much for continuing to listen we hope you've had a great time so far please don't forget to hit that follow or subscribe button so that you can get your perfect blend each and every week hit us up on instagram youtube spotify apple podcasts and anywhere you get your dose of podcasts now let's get back to it. Let's 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 do a recap of what I said in episode one. Do what makes your soul happy. <laughs> do what makes your soul happy. Do what makes your soul happy. If you're gonna if you're gonna do anything, and especially during this time, what Miranda was saying, I feel like right now time. is the time to take those risks. What who who's gonna see you? Put a bag, put a bag on your hair if you're gonna, you know, if you don't like it or is like, you know what I mean? Like, that's who, true. Who knows how long we're gonna be in this situation? And if if dyeing your hair a certain color or shaving your eyebrows is gonna make you happy, then do your thing. I think that's great. I you wanted to, I wanted to actually dye my hair pink. Believe it or Ooh, not, pink. Yeah, like a oh, like, pink. Yes, that's, that's exactly so what my, I was pretty. thinking. That would be so cute. So pretty. Yeah, it's so funny because um, last summer I actually bought all of the stuff from Sally's, like Mm -hmm. Sally Beauty Supply, and I was like, Sarah, do it, like, just pull the trigger, so I bought everything, and I was thinking about it and thinking about it, and I overthought it, and then I was like, I'm not gonna do it, because, like, I I figured, I was like, if I do it, I'm gonna screw this up, like, I'm gonna really screw up my hair, so, but who knows, now that I have time at home, might as well, right? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like I I do the same thing. I'll be like, yeah, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do this. And then I'm like, sounds like a bad idea now. And that, like now that I thought about it for too long, it's a bad idea. Like I don't want to do this anymore. It's a bad idea. Like no, right? Self doubting yourself. Yeah. But, see, I'm on like the opposite end of this, so you guys can't tell because like thankfully Zoom's super forgiving. Um, <laughs> but yo, like I don't even know how this happened. But like, why why do I have gray hairs? Why is this a thing? Like. I can never tell. Oh my gosh. I I can't. Well, I mean. I've, I've mastered know. covering them up, thank God. But like, there's just a few, but like a few too many for my age, AKA like more than zero. Right. And I'm like, how is this happening? And then part right. of me, like, I need to dye my hair. I need to like go to the salon. I need to get this fixed. And then I like reel back and I'm like, why am I going to spend money? Drop at least $200 and dye my right. hair. To what? Just for me to look at it myself in the mirror. Because <laughs> 99.9 times out of 10, my hair is in a bun on the top of my head during quarantine. I'm not, exactly. you know, I'm working from home right now. So I'm like, once I have to re-enter back into society, we will deal with these three pesky grays that are driving me up the wall. <laughs> but as for right now, I'm saving my money. Exactly. So the first of quarantine, I'm not going, you know, not doing anything too crazy right yet. Let me exactly. tell you a quick hack. 
let me tell you a quick hack. I'm do all about those, Do you know those, um, those uh, rude touch-ups? Yeah. So why don't you just take those gray hairs and then just like pull it down? Oh. Like, you know those brush ones? Like the, yeah. the, uh, the They have like a mascara spoolie. That is so yeah. It's literally just one little family right here. <laughs> it's just one side, one little family. I look at my mom and I'm like, you did this because this is exactly how you started. Right. And her hair is black, black, black. So for her, it's so easy to cover, like to a degree. Like I feel like yeah. it's easy because it's easy to match her hair color. Whereas like I have what, like I naturally have lighter hair. Yeah. I feel like covering grays with blonde is easy, but it's more maintenance. So yeah. when it's black, you just dye your hair black and you're done with it. Right. right. So true. And, and blonde is so much harder to maintain like that, on its own like just period yeah. like just having blonde hair period so to fix or to like cover a gray that's like that sounds like so much work that I don't have no it's like dark. so I think the root touch-up would be the perfect situation yes but I will be. say I will say to what Chanel was saying that for blondes because I used to be bleach blonde yes and so for me I feel like it's really hard to even color match it if yeah we're honest because blondes are so there's such there's a so many variations like, yeah so many shades like and you have to be like so like um when I had blonde hair I had um I had short hair so then I had extensions to make it longer and the matching process for that, guys, like, honestly, it was so intense. Like, I was like, mm. might as well just get my extensions and then ask my hairstylist to match. To do the, exactly. That's exactly what I did. <laughs> that takes I didn't. Long. It's hard. It's really hard. Which but extensions did you have back in the day? Like, did you used to do the, the tape-ins or the, the fusion? clip-ins oh my gosh I remember the day the clip-ins oh my gosh I was like the I honestly the clip-ins and like the um the bead ones and whatever like that came after like I feel yeah you know like in high school I had extensions too believe it or not and the whole time it was always the clip-ins like always and I would sit like at home and I would sew my hair together like it was like a oh whole my gosh. thing and like put the glue together in it like it was yes. like, there was so much like heart that went into my extensions they were my hair you know what I mean like so much it's like it's so much effort and so much um so much time it's time yeah. consuming it is to do it but then once you but did it, it you're like I did such a good job oh girl I was but like I this hair like right it's <laughs> like ooh. I'm gonna do everything with this hair. Nobody's gonna know it's not my hair, though. No, it's no, fine. and the blend though. Let's talk yeah. about this for a second. Let's talk about this for a second. Yeah, the blend. I swear, the blend sometimes can be so evident, and I'm like, girlfriend, yes. is no one gonna tell you? Like, I feel like you know, there's times where you see it and you're like, wow, like this. Why didn't anybody blended. tell you? Yeah this needs to be blended and like or does yeah. it match like the your te- your hair texture and this hair texture are not the same no no and it's like <laughs> I think about it like and and let's go let's bring it back to like the eyebrow situation like I had a girlfriend um she was telling me once she was like yeah back in the day I had brick eyebrows like she would draw them in like like thick thick and they would be like <laughs> close like this like you know oh my and god 
how come none of my friends told me? She's like, how come none of my friends told me I look ridiculous? You know what? You know what I think it is? Because I kind of went overboard too. I had like that halo effect on my eyebrows. Like, you know, because you, when you're learning, they do the concealer on the outside and everything. So mm-hmm. I was using the lighter concealer. And right. that's not what you're supposed to do, mm-hmm. sweetie. So I feel like because it's something new that you're trying, like back then, not everybody was doing that. So they were like, oh, you must want to look like that. So mm-hmm. no that's one's true. saying anything, right? Because they're like, I don't want to make her feel bad or tell her her eyebrows don't look good if this is something I'm not even doing to myself. So she must, this must be the objective, right? This must be what she wanted. So, so that's true. probably why no one said anything to her. Not, yeah. not because, you know, they thought it looked good or they didn't. They were probably like, she probably wanted that so right that's the vibe (laughs) that's the vibe that's what she was that was the that was the the end result that she was going for and it's funny too like so I used to actually put in hair extensions like that was one of my part-time jobs and one yeah feels like so long ago well like my sister loves it because like I'll still like she'll get she'll bring home like tapins or something and like I'll still like do them for her um but my one tip is like anyone that's wearing extensions and like you're not 100% sure about them curl them the minute yeah. you have extensions it hides it all yeah like, yes that's don't straighten them the best advice ever right like I think you know I know you think you look like a goddess with those long straight extensions but like if there's the smidge of a mistake we're gonna see it so yes. roll up your hair, tease it up a little bit, and I will not yes. be able to tell, even like the most professional hair extension person would not be able to tell. So sometimes exactly. you gotta just, you know, don't get me wrong, some people's extensions look phenomenal straight, but yeah. like you have to be like absolutely perfect, you know? Yeah, and your hair has to match, like it has to be bone straight too, mm-hmm. right? And I think people forget that. Like you said, they don't pay attention to their no. own texture when they buy extensions. Right, or, they just kind of throw it in there. Mm-hmm. So that is a great, like, honestly, that is like the greatest, greatest advice ever, Miranda. God bless you for saying that. <laughs> thing, another thing Girl, I'm just, yeah. I just thought of, like, on the top of my head is when I had shorter hair, because it, it's especially hard when you have shorter hair, because so you're going to see that part. Do you yeah, know it's that blunt, that? that blunt end. But an, another hack, let's talk about hair hacks. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, when you have extensions, the higher that you put them up your hair, the more it'll look it like blended. Yes. So that's another hack. If you have hair extensions that are clip-ins or tape-ins or whatever, the higher you put them, the more it will be like- It'll straight, hide. Like it will be like, um, what is it like called? Streamlined. Blend? Mm-hmm. Correct. Exactly. Blended. Yes, yes. 100%. So that I would say that that's the that's the case. Honestly, all of us have went through this weave uh, oh extension gosh, yeah. phase, honestly. Girl, I would have like a little bit of leave out and I would be like on my way to school and I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to flat iron it. We're just going to go and it would be so different. And I'm like, you know what? I don't care. This is high school. <laughs> I don't care what any of y'all think of me anyway. So right. If it looks a little like, you know, a little extra curly or like you know a little kinky at, at the top of my business all right <laughs> I, I'm I meant for it to be that way right okay? right I love <laughs> it. business right? and I feel yes. like too, like going on the topic of hair so like my hair I gave it like a pretty like decent cut because I always had long hair like I was 
you know, I chopped it once, like pre, like 13, um, because I thought, and I'm going to throw a throwback in here, Kristen Cavallari from Laguna Beach, like I wanted to. Yes. So I cut it like her and, you know, didn't look like her. And I was like, so after that, I was like, I am never cutting my hair again. Mm -hmm. So quarantine came and I'm like, you know what? Like my hair needs some TLC. So I'm like pulled like a full on girl interrupted. And I was like, I need to cut my hair. Like I need to get rid of it. So I, I didn't cut. I went to go get it cut, but holy, like short, going from like long to short is like, no one, no one tells you the prop, like styling it, like curling short hair is like you need to be a miracle worker like I cannot I'm having such a hard time it's straight or like the low Kim Kardashian bun like that's the only two things are you serious because I would think that the maintenance is a lot better for shorter hair like in terms of styling whatnot no I used to be able to style my long hair in like five minutes like I would just split it down the sides curl one side curl the other put some wave spray tease it up and I'd be okay good to go it could be like yeah short hair I feel like you can see so much imperfection like if a curl's not going the right way you're like oh yeah that's very true true. unless you're bald (laughs) you can't get away with a lot with short hair if if one thing's askew yeah the whole hair the whole style's fucked up interesting that so, is so, so interesting. True. I didn't know that. I feel like um, I would I would speak to that exactly what you're saying, Miranda. I've only ever cut my hair short, like I'm gonna say a handful of times in my life. Like for the most part, it's always been long. So I'm like, I don't even remember if I had difficulty styling it. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's been yeah. so long. But that's so interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. So yeah. I only like to be completely honest, I literally only cut it short because like working from home, quarantine, like the chance of me, you know, um, yeah, I'm you're like, it'll to grow it. to a yeah. certain length by the time we all can go outside. Anyway. percent. And so then we'll like, be able to curl it and do all the things you normally do. Right back to the beginning. <laughs> exactly. So. It does feel a lot better now though. I like, I'm like, yeah, oh, my hair good. actually feels like hair and not like dead straw. So like, right <laughs> and it's probably it's probably going to grow longer and healthier and be so. more resilient mm-hmm. you're not doing as much to it anyway so that's so and I think you ladies could probably say the same thing it's like the amount of like how often are you guys actually like styling your hair with heat day in and day out rarely and I, I would say <laughs> I've styled my hair with heat maybe twice since all of this has happened and right. that's just me blow drying my hair that's not like flat ironing or anything. It's just blow drying. I rarely blow dry my hair. So I rarely blow dry my hair too. I would say I'm more of like a straightener mm-hmm. girl. I, I have naturally straight hair. Like for the most part, this would be my natural hair. Mm-hmm. But sometimes when you sleep on it, and I'm sure you guys know, like sometimes yeah. you sleep on it, sometimes it goes in like certain bends bend or whatever. But um. I so when I went back to work at Mac, I had to like dye my hair, obviously. But I, the thing with uh, hair, it's so interesting is that I feel like you don't really need to wash it as much as you think you do. No, I wash my hair maybe once or twice a week, max. Ups, like I yeah. wash my hair once a week because, but also like for my hair texture, like curlier hairs. Mm-hmm. Um, it re- we need moisture so we have <laughs> right. to add moisture to the hair in order for it to be healthy mm-hmm. so washing it often isn't always the best because you're getting rid of all of those oils that it needs yeah. so and it's the natural, natural oils too right like yeah. I feel like a lot of girls like will say no I can't survive uh like 
my days if I don't wash my hair every single day. And it's like, just let your hair chill and you'll realize right. that you could. Like, but you know what I mean? It's a misconception, I feel. Like, yeah. you don't have to wash your hair every day. I always feel like I can style my hair better when it's a little dirty. Oh, yeah, for sure. It does what I need it to do. When it's clean, I'm like, I'm like, oh, my God, it's taking me forever. Mm-hmm. Like, and I'm like, I want to give up. <laughs> I'm like, over it. I'm like, I shouldn't have washed my hair. I should have yeah. left it dirty. I, di- I disagree, only because I have really thin, straight hair. So for me, even if it's one day, there's already oils that are in my hair. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it's oily, so it's harder for me to style it. Um, I feel like once it's once it's uh, clean and I've blow dried it, then I'm like, okay, now we're working with something. Like now, volume. Now there's like some type of life to it. Do you know what I mean? Like it depends, though. Everyone has yeah. Everyone's everyone's hair is different. Everyone's hair is different. Just like everyone's skin is different. Oh. Yes. <laughs> How has your skin been during quarantine, ladies? Oh my god. So now that it's colder, my skin has been like I have dry patches like on my cheeks, mm-hmm. on my forehead here, like on my chin. My nose, like my nose and my under eye area is still quite oily, mm-hmm. but everywhere else is dry. Okay. And is this like every winter or like just more so this winter? Um, it happens, it does happen often, but not as dry as it's been. So it does get more dry. Like I will notice like, like flaky, like skin is like getting kind of flaky. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, after I do some like stuff to it, add some like moisturizer and things like that, then it gets better. But it's been consistently really dry the last couple of days. And I'm like, what's You know why? Probably because I'm inside too much. No, but that exactly. doesn't make sense. Yeah, because the air ventilation. So when you're outside, your your face is exposed to like you know outside beautiful and moisture, that's, right? That's renewed all the time, right? But once you're sticking inside for so long, the air circulation and ventilation, it's like reusing the same air, right? Unless you open your windows a little bit. Yeah. But typically, that's why you get really dry skin inside during the winter months Interesting. what about your Sarah how's your skin been since like yeah. girlfriend my skin it's so strange because you would think like with wearing the mask you would get like mask me which I'm gonna yeah. say yeah. has happened to me maybe once and it was like right here like a pimple right here but that's it like it was nothing like here not so much or not here yeah. For me, it's like a lot of hormonal acne and I'm not sure why. I think just my hormones have been just like out of whack, but mostly like around my forehead. Um, I would say like maybe even like here, like along my like contour. But apart from that, I feel like it's maybe once a month, if that, like otherwise my skin typically is like clear. That's yeah. good. Yeah. And it's just like like um how we were saying in the other podcast uh, with Chanel um it's how you prep your skin right so it's like yeah. how you take care of it at night how you take care of it in the morning that will really determine how your skin is going to be reacting period um right. whether it's cold whether it's hot mm-hmm. but yeah so I would say like just um making sure that you're exfoliating at least once a week Mm-hmm. and making sure that you're moisturizing every single day if you're going outside right. making sure that spf is on the girl like that's so important 
like so your so skin important. will thank you <laughs> in the right? long because you won't be getting all those wrinkles and like crow's feet and like and you know, it'll be so one, much better for you <laughs> absolutely and one thing that's such a, such a misconception about like skin is that a lot of people think oh it's like um what is that word? Um, cloudy. Overcast, overcast, cloudy. And oh, I don't need to put SPF because the sun's not out. No, 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 no. Like, it comes through those out. clouds, girl. Exactly. It comes right on through those clouds, just like how it comes through the window yes. in your house. <laughs> exactly. It can come through the clouds, okay? Clouds is nothing but water vapor, okay? Exactly. <laughs> so, but I would say that that would probably be one of the most important parts of your skincare SPF. And yeah, I'm sure. And, and I know you mentioned, like I saw a post the other day that you posted about exfoliants and you yeah. kind of broke down like AHA, BHA, um, physical exfoliants and like they kind of have all their place, but like your personal preference for your skin, like what do you kind of go with? I would say, um, based on that post too, like we can, you can always holla at your girl on Instagram to see the post, but, <laughs> um, I would say my my favorite is chemical exfoliants, and that would be for anyone. Okay, so the reason yeah. why is because physical exfoliants often have um, material within it that can create micro tears in your skin. So, like for instance, right. okay. you can you can think, oh, I have a berry scrub, mm-hmm. and I have like it's going to dissolve in in um, me massaging it into my face. It will dissolve. Right. There's often, so like, I'm going to give you an example, actually, that you'd probably be surprised about, but it's really interesting to know. I think if I'm not mistaken, Kylie Jenner has her Kylie skin and she has a uh, exfoliator that's um, with walnuts and walnuts are found in some exfoliants um, because it is so like, um, right. However, walnuts don't disintegrate. So what are, what do you, where do you think all of those micro walnuts are going? If you're massaging your skin, right? You don't know how, how hard to go. You don't know how long to go. Like typically she's right. not going to be like, yeah, you do this for eight minutes and don't go so hard. Like she's not telling you those instructions. Right. You know what I'm saying? So like often you will see girls and it's, it's sad because it's a lot of younger demographic, you know what I mean? Younger girls that are like, oh my God, let me, let me scrub this so hard so I can get really in there. And it's like, no, you're actually doing the opposite. You're actually like really affecting your skin and maybe even causing it to be sensitive at the end of the day, right? So for me using a physical exfoliant, I highly like I don't highly not suggest it because everyone has their own preference, but I would say that it's not my favorite and I don't, I don't recommend that off the top of my head. I would highly recommend chemical exfoliants because they get down into your, um, your layers of your skin and they're so much more, um, I guess, nicer for you. Like they're, they're, you're just doing it softly. It's so much less, it's, there's not a lot of um, damage that's being caused. Yeah, if anything, right. you're actually helping your skin rejuvenate. You right. know what I mean? You're helping your skin change, like change cells exactly. more effectively. Yeah. Um, I will say something. I'm sorry. I have to correct myself because I'm, in our last podcast, I mentioned that sebum was dead skin cells and dirt, which it is not. Um, sebum is actually excess oil. So I yeah. have to correct myself before people come for me and they're like, Sarah, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> but so um, I like a combination of the two. Um, I don't use like St. Ives or anything like that. Um, the um, the uh, one or the exfoliation, the exfoliator that I use, the physical one, it's by Good Molecules and it's a powder. Oh, add water to it, and it's it it is it starts out kind of um, not rough, but you can feel little beads in it, and then it dissolves. Okay. So as you're washing your face the um all of the scrubbing the scrubbers or <laughs> in it dissolves and it turns into like a creamy lather oh. it's nice and it washes off um so I use that like any like for example right now my skin is peeling mm -hmm. so I may not I'm not going to use a chemical um exfoliator because that's just gonna make my skin peel more but I want to get rid of all of that skin that's kind of peely so I use that, um, the powder exfoliator instead, and that does help get rid of it. And it also kind of like buffs the skin and kind of gives okay. it like a nice, like smoother appearance without having to wait a couple of days for the, um, the chemical exfoliant to work. Cause it doesn't, you, like, if you put it on today, it's not like, once you take it off, it's not like you don't see results right away. It takes a couple of days. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so that's what I do. That's um, yeah, and they, they have different brands. So Good Molecules has one. They're really affordable. Um, I think I paid $10 for mine. Like, like a bottle like this. And the packaging is sustainable too because they use glass. You know, they don't use that much plastic. Um, and Dermatologica has one as well. They have one with rice powder and it oh, does wow. the same thing. It just it dissolves. So I would say um I'd use a combination of the two. Interesting. Yeah. I want to make another recommendation. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I would also suggest if you do have dry skin during like the winter months and you do want to take off any like dead skin cells that you see, like any flakes in your skin, I would also recommend maybe doing like a mask. So like a very hydrating oh. mask, that way you have it on. And especially if the, if any, there's any ones that peel, that way you're taking off all of that excess and you're taking that off, but also while still hydrating your skin, because that's what your right. skin is essentially needing, right? That right. hydration. Another thing I want to just mention, sorry, I will stop rambling. But another thing I want to mention is um, with regards to physical exfoliants, especially ones that do not disintegrate into, um, you know, like a lather, like Chanel was mentioning. Yeah. Um, I just want to make it known just because for me, it's important. Like, um, it actually is not very good for the environment because especially if it's not disintegrating, like it will go yeah. the oceans and it will affect the marine life in the oceans. So um, also clog up your, um, your whole septic system in your house. Like if right. you're using it on a regular basis or you're using a lot of it, mm -hmm. that will clog it up. Exactly. So for me, like that's also another reason why I don't really, um, like favor the physical exfoliants just because I feel like they are so damaging in multiple ways. Mm -hmm. So that's yeah. another thing to keep in mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But so Miranda, what about you? Do you exfoliate? And if you do, like, do you use a physical or a chemical? 
Okay. So I'm similar to Chanel where there's two options that I kind of gravitate towards. Um, one is, and I can't find it here. I can only get it in the States. So like, I'm kind of sad that I have to like cross the border to find this. Yeah. It's the Bliss Glow Jelly Peel. So it's like, it feels like jello. And I, I think like Boschia has something so I can never Boshia? say that. Yeah. That's or Bosica or yeah. I say Bosica, but it's probably Boschia. I have no idea. So it's similar to that. So it's like a jelly and I'll do it like right when I get out of the shower when it like just, you know, my skin's still damp and it feels like jello and I rub it on my skin and like little balls of my skin come like all my dead skin. And I'm like, this is Ooh. so disgusting, but so satisfying at the same time. That sounds so satisfying. I'm like, this <laughs> is gross, but I love it. And then, um. If I'm going to do, like, more of the chemical exfoliant, I love the Pixie Glow Tonic. Yes, I, I use the Pixie Glow Tonic as well. Yeah, it takes away all my little bumps that I get on the side of my face. It, like, erases them. So like, good. I notice such Beautiful. a difference. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this stuff's, like, a miracle worker. Yeah, that, like, Pixie gets a bad rap a lot of the time because they're always like, oh, it has fragrance. And it's oh like, my God, I was about to say that, Chanel. <laughs> It does have fragrance, but it does work for some people, yeah. and it's reasonably priced. It's not overpriced, and it is a drugstore brand too. So exactly. you're getting you're getting a great price, and it is quite good quality. The only thing that's really problematic about it is that it, it contains fragrance, and and a lot of people may not be um, they they may not have reactions to it, but other people it's fine. Exactly. you know I, and if really it works like it. it works <laughs> I love it so similar I don't use it too often though it's the ordinary glycolic acid the seven percent yes I love I, I love all their stuff I just find like that one's a little bit stronger than um than yes. the so like if I'm out of the pixie and I use that one like I notice it's like a little bit more, not that it damages my skin anyway but I definitely no. notice my skin might feel a little bit tighter so like just to up the uh the hyaluronic acid or like a thicker night cream that night yeah does its job I just need to be a little bit more conscious on the follow-up product right exactly you can't pick something else that's like gonna be exfoliating as well True. because they make like they make like okay this is an overnight um exfoliating product and you put a cream over it obviously and then that thing might be exfoliating too because it is a nighttime product you have to be conscious like you want to maybe pick something that's hydrating mm -hmm. instead to kind of restore the moisture balance 1, in your skin so you don't break out mm -hmm. right so it gets mad and it's like it starts to have like a little yeah a little party up here and I'm like oh that's because I like totally should not have used my retinol like three days in a row like give my right? skin a break <laughs> <laughs> it's really so rebelling true. back at me <laughs> so I will true. I want to do a recommendation just because um in case any listeners want to know or in case Miranda wants to try it or Chanel oh. even <laughs> There is a, um, it's by Noid. So Noid is from The Ordinary. It's by Desium. And this, this um, cleanser, it's like a concentrate of like some like fruit or something from like South America, something like this. It's like a concentrate. And this thing is the most, like when I tell you, if you have acne and you're like, I don't know what's going to make it go away this thing will erase everything it wow. is like the most cleansing thing in the world it's my favorite and it's called sanskrit saponins i know oh, it's sanskrit <laughs> saponins and you know what i like um about the ordinary is they are their pricing oh my god so, so reasonable so like reasonable. 
so good. And not only is it so reasonable, it's actually like concentrated ingredients. It's like yes. purified ingredients, which is so hard to come by, like in terms of any other brands. Like everyone will be like, oh, there's a combination of ingredients, but no, like the ordinary, it's like, no, this is what you want. This is what you get. And yeah. It's-, it's like literally if you're buying hyaluronic acid, you're getting hyaluronic acid exactly. which is amazing because right. like, so much filler or blends and like you're paying you know it's your skin you want to make sure that whatever you're putting on it is like close to natural as possible if that's exactly to go but you want to make sure what you're putting on it is benefiting it and you're not paying for just other junk right exactly exactly, exactly. Totally. that's my main thing and um it's also a canadian brand so it's like local businesses it, that's, it, that's so cool that's right it's even better like it's like well i might as well just buy from the ordinary <laughs> I did not so, fun fact of the day with sarah another canadian brand that you guys probably had no idea was canadian is actually mac no mac was was founded and originated in Toronto, ontario canada by two individuals named frank and frank no way. Frank and Frank. <laughs> oh my gosh. I had no idea. I, for some reason, I thought like, like the person who created it, it was from like Quebec. Mm-hmm. I don't know where I heard that or where I got that idea, mm-hmm. but I didn't know like they actually, like it's, can, it's a Canadian company. It's a Canadian company. That's awesome. That's Toronto. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's so cool. Yeah. you like, because you know you see it on a lot of like gift lists and american-based content creators will talk about max you just kind of assume totally exactly like the more you know right and you hear more about mac from um well the first time i and had any idea about mac it was from my sister my oldest sister because she had all the products she had blush she had foundation she had all those things but I didn't know where it came from. I was just like, oh, she has money because she's buying a Mac. Like, <laughs> you know? So and true. then as I got older, I was like, oh, there's other brands. But um, I guess Mac was the more most diverse in terms of like what their products offered and in terms of, and also skin color ranges. Hell yeah. But I had no idea because any time I've ever heard about it is like from American makeup artists. Yeah. Like Mac this, yeah. Mac that, you know? It was used in like catalogs and runway shows right so i was always like oh, okay must, mac must be an american brand you know so, now we know now we know that's so interesting <laughs> the more you know the more you know it's so funny too because i like you know when you think about like when you first started doing your makeup and like you know the trials and the pitfalls that we used to do yes. but like some staples from when i you know when i think back to like 16 year old me like my mac studio fix outer that's a constant in my bag. Like oh, that's like, always right. a go-to. Um, right. Lip gloss. Remember getting your first? Hell like, yes. First, like it was yes. so shiny and like, like super sticky. Super Everything, st- your hair stuck to it. It was. But it was I love that shit. I love right? that shit. There's that no shit other shine compared to it. It's crazy. So shiny and so amazing. I was always yeah. like, my lips look so nice today. Yeah. <laughs> like. He like as it reflected, it like was a mirror on your lips. It was a whole other story. And can we just talk about the scent? 
like the scent of black lipsticks, lip glosses, just like the scent of everything is just so like, oh, delicious. I love it. I I love it because it's not aggressive and overpowering. Yes. It's not like a perfume. It's like like vanilla, right? Yeah. Yeah, It's like vanilla, right? It's like a a subtle vanilla scent. Mm -hmm. It smells good and it's not overpowering. And that's what I'm looking for because I don't, certain smells give me headaches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when it has little to no smell or it's like it smells fruity or it smells like like a food. Yeah. I'm good. I'm good. Totally. A thousand percent. And it's so funny too, because like even Max, some of their collaborations, like they're so iconic. Oh my god. Yes. Oh like my gosh. Their, like their lipsticks with like some of their the people they've collaborated with, they're so oh my, like the colors are just yes. stunning. Even just oh, the packaging I'm alone. I'm like, this is incredible. Right. I think they kind of set the bar for all the other brands. I agree. You know, because they they were the first ones to like come out with like artistry and like pigments and all of those things that other brands weren't really doing. And now makeup is such a lucrative business. It's such a big business. It's such a big industry. Like there's so many things you can do within the beauty or makeup umbrella and everybody everybody who puts makeup on is starting a makeup business <laughs> or a makeup brand you know what I mean yeah. so it's like look how far makeup has come you know mm-hmm. before it was like oh you wear makeup like yeah. you put that stuff on your face and now it's like oh my gosh girl who did your makeup or where did you get that lipstick yeah. you know what I mean like oh what how do you do your eyebrows can you show me can you do my eyebrows like <laughs> that's how it is now and it's so crazy because it's like I remember in high school people would always be like oh she wears too much makeup like she's not pretty she wears too much makeup and it's like oh my God, now everybody's so like but I wear makeup like look at me right like, I had a friend and I I considered her one of my best friends and every single time I would wear makeup like and it could be just like this right like I just love yeah. makeup right and she'd be like Sarah why are you always wearing so much makeup like you look so much better natural like da 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 right I hate when people say that <laughs> I hate it so much it makes me so angry because it's not about me being naturally beautiful I put on makeup right. because I love how it looks it's artistry at the end of the day right. like, like what Chanel was saying like it's it's not because I don't feel like beautiful without makeup like that's my right. point here you know what I mean like and I feel like a lot of people have that misconception of like why do you put on makeup it can be yeah you want to make yourself look beautiful like yeah sure right. that might be it but at the same time it's like Maybe I just like how I do it. Maybe I like doing it. Maybe I like how it looks. Even even if it looks like exactly. if I'm wearing black eyeshadow with black lipstick, I just like how it looks. I like I, myself like that's that. That's the mood yeah. I was in today. Exactly. And it kind of stems back to like what I always say when people like give their opinions like this. How does this affect you? Right. That's my favorite thing to say to people or like bring that up right. in like rhetorical question. If I want to wear, like you said, black lipstick with my black smoky eye and dye my hair black, what's it to is it affecting your life is exactly. it exactly don't look at it that like simple as exactly. that like if it makes exactly. you, and going back to like podcast number one if it makes your soul feel good do it <laughs> do it it's like you're not <laughs> if it makes anybody. your soul feel good do it right? yes and it's i think so people, true. They, they get so caught up like i don't know maybe and i think too and i know maybe i'm like 
kind of going out on a limb here, but I feel sometimes people make negative comments because it kind of stems from like a place of inadequacy or jealousy. Like she can't, right. maybe this girl didn't know how to do makeup the way you did. And like, this was her way of kind of like, you know, yeah. or, you know, maybe she was like, and if she thinks that like you're wearing too much makeup, what, what benefit does she get telling you that? Like you're not helping the situation. Right. But how do you know I'm wearing too much makeup? Like, is it because I have my eyebrows done, my eyes done, I'm wearing eyelashes, I'm wearing lipstick and foundation? Or is it because you think I put on a, like a thousand things and I layered like, right. no, it, what you constitute as too much makeup isn't the same for me. I'm not doing my makeup so that you can be happy or or compliment me. I did my makeup because I wanted to put on makeup today. Thousand percent. You don't know what I'm doing all of the other days. I could be at home doing absolutely nothing, looking like a bum. And you know what? Today's the first day I'm going outside, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna put some makeup on today. Right. And Sarah was saying too, like it's the artistry. Sometimes it's even the ritual. Like maybe you just like the act. Like it's the whole ritual right. putting on makeup that makes you feel good. Let them do it. Like exactly. And a lot of times it's like um, someone you know, they may not be feeling so good about themselves that day. And they're like, you know what? Doing my makeup makes me feel good. I'm going to do my makeup. And that-